And good evening. It's 7.06 here, and it is the Employment Hour uh, with employment lawyer Lior Sanfiru. I'm Ryan Bonner, and for John Scholes, and you are listening to us live here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL in London. And the phone lines are open. Now is your time to call this hour with your questions about your workplace rights. Uh, you've been terminated. Do you think you will be let go and you want to know how much severance am I owed? Can they let me go? Uh, if you're being harassed in the workplace, uh, maybe you have questions about whether or not you're a, an independent contractor or an, or an employee. Now is the time to get those questions in. Let's light up the phone lines uh, and keep Lior busy for the entire hour. 416-870-6400 or long distance one 225 8255. A lot to get to. Uh, we'll revisit the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Uh, everything you need to uh, know about workplace harassment. But first... We say hello to Lior, and uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing uh, great, Ryan. Uh, great to be back here doing this uh, with you, and uh, looking forward to having a, a busy show here and getting some questions answered, and hopefully uh, enlightening some people about their workplace rights. That's what we're here to do. We do this every uh, time we're on, and uh, you know, there's no no bad questions. Sometimes people hesitate uh, to ask questions. They think, oh, maybe it's a bad question. Maybe I'll find out that there's nothing I can do. Well, first of all, there's no bad questions, and second of all, there's almost always something that you can do. So if you have a workplace problem, we'll, we look forward to talking uh, to you right now. And Ryan, I think what I want to do is uh, let me start off with the week that was just a couple situations that came across across my desk over the past uh, uh, few days uh, in, sure. into, uh, into this week. Uh, I spoke uh, with a gentleman who has been off on a medical leave, on a disability leave for uh, a number of months, and just over a year actually now. And he recently got a letter from his insurance company saying the, uh, that they're going to cut him off. He was on disability through an insurance company, and they said, that's it, we're cutting you off. Well, he is actually uh, fighting with the insurance company, as he should, because they should not have cut him off. But get, guess what? As soon as his employer got wind of the fact that he was cut off by the insurance company, his employer wrote to him and said, well, we understand that you can work. And because you can work, you should be coming back to work. And if you don't come back to work, we're going to consider you to have resigned. Well, of course, uh, Ryan, this is a guy that cannot work. His doctor says he cannot work. He's been cut off by an insurance company, and he's being told that he's going to be considered to have resigned. Well, first of all, I'm going to help him with his insurance company. But beyond that, his employer can't make him come back to work, can't consider him to have resigned, can't let him go as long as he has a doctor saying that he cannot work. That's all he needs. And if you're out there and you can't work, that's all you need. You need a letter from a doctor. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says, uh, whether they're right or wrong. As long as you have a doctor's note says you can't work, you're not resigned. You have a right to your job. If you're terminated, that could be not only a wrongful dismissal, a human rights violation. So very, very important to remember, the doctor has the trump card. And that's all that matters. And if you are cut off by an insurance company, happens often, connect with me. Uh, I'll help you out with that as well. And uh, I, I'm sure many people in that situation, w when they get that letter of denial from the insurance company, they're gutted. And so they may, maybe don't have the energy to put up the fight with their employer as well. And many people don't even understand that they can fight the insurance company. They think, well, they must know what uh, what they're doing. Well, no, not so fast. Oftentimes, in most cases, when an insurance company cuts you off and your doctor says you should be uh, still off work, that's improper and 
deal with your employer. Let us deal with your employer if needed be. Uh, you have rights, and you should be, if you're sick, Ryan, the job should be that you have to be home getting better, not having to deal with all the other things. And, uh, Lior, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, it's one 821 5900 We'll get to Joe's call in a moment, but, uh, you know, we, we've talked in this show about the employer, Employment Hour in 30, which people can watch on Global TV and CTV, uh, but mentioning disability, there is also In Your Corner on Global TV with uh, your partner, Savannah Tumarkin, and uh, people can watch Watch that Sundays at 8.30 a.m. in your corner.ca. But uh, let's switch to the phone lines here. And again, any of your questions for Lior about your employment, uh, your workplace rights, 416-870-6400. And we say good evening to Joe. Uh, Joe, what's your question? Hey, Joe, make sure your radio's down there in the background. Hey, Joe? All right, we'll give Joe a quick second there to uh, collect his thoughts, uh, Lior. <laughs> uh, before we jump back to him, uh, let's just get to a quick email that's come in, help at employmenthour.com, and Richard asks, uh, I just found out that uh, some new employees my company has hired to get more vacation than I do. Can the company do that? You know, obviously that that's unfair, and it's going to upset uh, uh, many people in that situation, and uh, it's not right, but it is legal. An employer does not have to provide the same amount of vacation uh, to all employees in the same position. There's good business reasons why they should, but it's not actually a legal requirement. So what I would do here, I would go to my employer and I would tell him, you know, I don't think it's fair. I've been here uh, longer and I think we should be treated properly and equally. Most good, reasonable employers are going to do something about it. Most reasonable employers are going to say, you're right, it's not fair. We should do something about it. That said, if the employer says, I don't want to, I don't care, I'm not going to make that change, not much you can be that can be done there. Now, of course, an employer can't discriminate against people based on a prohibited ground. So they can't uh, say, well, you get less vacation because of your age or uh, because you're a man or a woman. That would be illegal. But beyond that, an employer can be unfair uh, as long as that they're not being discriminatory in this situation. All right. If you have a question for Lior, it's help at employmenthour.com. All right, uh, Lior, ready for another swing at Joe here? Let's do it. Let's go for it. Joe, I, do we have you here now? I'm on the phone. Thank you. Beautiful. Hey, thanks for holding on there. Joe, what's your question for Lior? Sure. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And my question is about uh, bonus as a part of the overall compensation package. Yeah. Uh, just, just very quickly, I'm an account manager. been with the company for 15 years earn a base salary and a bonus component and, ha- and have received the same bonus payout every one of those 15 years. Uh, but for this year, they've chosen not to pay out to a portion of their field force. So I've received no bonus this year with absolutely no explanation why, uh, nor any criteria offered year over year as to what constitutes the bonus and payout or not. So I'm, troubled because I haven't received a bonus payment and no one's been able to give me an explanation why. And I'm just wondering what options I might have or if that's some sort of, uh, represents some sort of discrimination. So, Joe, am I correct to understand that you've essentially received the same bonus amount all these years? Yes. And no real explanation as to how it's calculated, just here's your bonus? Correct. Okay, well, in that situation, this is you know completely actually straightforward. It becomes a part of your compensation, a regular part of your compensation. You can count on it. You can set your watch to it because you know you're going to get your bonus. You know what the amount is because it's the same every year. So the law essentially is going to treat that like a part of your salary, even though they call it a bonus because it's so consistent. So now if they've decided not to pay the bonus, they've changed your compensation. How much uh, is the bonus in terms of a, portion, uh, a percentage of your total compensation? Uh, 
Well, that's significant. So here's what this means. You have two options. Option number one is if you just want the bonus uh, but and, and you're not afraid to, to ruffle some feathers, then I could send them what I call a, a letter, a demand letter, and tell them you have to pay the bonus, otherwise you could be exposed to legal action, and, and they'll have to pay it. And now you have to decide how that helps you in terms of a relationship with the company. Sure. The other well, option, though, issue. that is, but the other option, believe it or not, based on what they've done, given the fact that they've essentially reduced your pay by 10% is what you're telling me, you can treat this as a constructive dismissal. You potentially have now the opportunity to say, by, by doing this, by not paying me the compensation that you owe me, it's as if you've let me go and you have to pay me severance. And, you know, after 15 years, you could get anywhere from 12 to 14 to 15 months of pay here is what they would owe you. So you have that option. So you can, if you don't want to work there anymore, you're upset at that, we can get you out of there with compensation. If what you're interested in only is the bonus, we can deal with that as well, uh, depending on how you feel about, like I said, the ruffling some feathers. Sure. But what they did is improper completely. I appreciate that. You know, the concern, of course, is if I were to push the issue and stay on, then it becomes a toxic relationship potentially. It could. Um, but their their counterpoint would be, you know, it's a bonus and not your base pay. So it's at our discretion whether we it's not. pay you. I- I can t- listen. If it was one of those things, where some years you get, some years you don't. Some years it's a thousand bucks. Some years it's twelve thousand bucks. Then obviously there's a discretion there. But when it's consistent, when it's regular, it becomes a term of employment. Is it? It becomes part of your compensation. Just by calling it a bonus, they don't get a, uh, to to make changes to it. They don't get to to do something with it when it's been consistent all these years. Uh, this is a very straightforward matter. There's no question, Joe, that you owed the bonus. Well, I appreciate that very much, uh, and I'll be listening as to how to follow up with you off the air. And uh, hey, Joe, I can help you out with that. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you want to get in touch with Lior, and you can always email him help at employmenthour dot com. And uh, Lior, of course, uh, to those listening, the phone lines are still open here at four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred, or long distance if you're uh, perhaps listening uh, out to London Way nine eighty CFPL. It's one triple eight two two five eight two five five. Um, bonus, Lior, is one of the things that, as I understand it, is factored into your severance pay if, if you are terminated. Absolutely. So remember, when you get your severance, it's not just your salary. The company has to include all components of your compensation. So salary, benefits, bonus, car allowance, stock options, uh, pension contributions, everything and anything that they would uh, pay you as an employee has to be accounted for and included as part of your severance. So not only do you have to pay attention to the number of months pay you get when you're let go, it's also what's included in it. A company is not going to forget about uh, salary usually, of course, but what about, as you said, bonus or benefits or other components of compensation all have to be included. And if they're not, that could be a wrongful dismissal. And let's uh, touch briefly on the calculator that could save many people when it comes to getting the proper severance uh, when they've been let go or uh, they think they're about to be let go. It's severancepaycalculator.com. Give us, uh, take us for a spin on that. You know, uh, when we uh, started uh, this show all these years ago, uh, you know, one of the main questions that, that I was getting is how much severance am I getting? How much severance should I be getting? And what do I do if I don't get proper severance? Well, I wanted that information to be accessible to everyone and anyone uh, that, that is in that situation. So we created severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. And as the name suggests, it calculates and tells you how much you're owed, how much compensation and severance you are owed if you are let go. 
It's anonymous, it's free, it's easy to use, there's no strings attached. It's simply there to help you get what you're owed and understand your rights. So once you go there, you're gonna be asked a few questions, your age, your position, the length of your employment, and then you're done. It takes literally seconds. And if you go there, make it uh, make sure that you, it's the first place you go to, uh, go to if you lost your job. You're holding those severance papers in hand. Don't ever uh, lose out on much your road. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Or they can give you a call here, Lior, 416-870-6400. And uh, that's what John's done. John, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you. And what's your how question you? for Lior Perdillo? What's your question? Uh, I've worked for a company for about five years now, and we were just informed that... Uh, the company is uh, selling, and uh, the new people have offered employment uh, under a different company name, structure, etc., cetera, uh, for us, uh, for the current employees. And I was just wondering, am I due severance pay for my current employer? Great question, John. Now, the, the new offer from the new company, is it on the same terms of employment in terms of responsibilities and compensation? Uh, exactly. It, it, it is the same? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. If you accept the job with the buyer, then you're not owed severance. Why? Because your employment is deemed to be continued, which means that buyer inherits your uh, service. Okay? So if you're starting there tomorrow, you inherit that, or that buyer inherits the service that you had with the previous company. So you're not owed severance. Now, if you decide not to accept the job for, for your reasons, uh, you're, you're, you're owed severance at that point, but it's not going to be your full severance. It's going to be your minimum entitlements only because the job is the same. If they were offering you a very different job, it would be, it would be more severance. So you could get severance, not your full entitlements, uh, if you decide not to accept it. Now, one, one thing you want to pay very close attention to, the, the job offer from the new company, if they ask you to sign an employment agreement, you want to have that reviewed because one of the things they may put in that agreement is that they won't recognize your service, which means you can lose out potentially if they let you go down the road. So be very careful with that because otherwise they inherit your service, you continue working, and, and you're protected if down the road they let you go. Hey, thanks for the call, John. It's that all-important employment contract that people need to take a look at before they take a job, Lior. Everybody always you know, thinks about it after they've accepted a job and they're looking at a termination. Well, the, the problem often is that when people are offered a contract of employment or a job offer letter, they pay attention to very specific things. You know, how much salary am I getting paid? How much vacation? And I get that. And those, are, of course, are important things. They're not the most important things. There's other things that are just as important, like is there something that limits your future severance? Is there something that allows the company to change your job, to reduce your pay? If you don't pay attention to it now, you're going to care about it much later. So may as well be very careful and pay close attention. All right. Pay close attention to some of these things I'm about to tell you. Phone numbers to give Leo or call at 1-855-821-5900. To get in touch with him, you can also email him, help at employmenthour.com. But we're still taking your calls. You see the uh, the phone lines lighting up here, uh, Lior, so we'll get to some more. 416-870-6400 or one 225 8255 We're back with more Employment Hour, Global News Radio 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL in London.
That's right. We're back at it here. The Employment Hour. It's 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com if you want to get in touch with Lior with your workplace questions, terminations, severance pay, you're being harassed at work. Uh, he can help you out with that. And we are taking your calls. They are a priority here on the program. 416-870-6400. Let's keep Lior on his toes, uh, Lior. Let's uh, let's keep you thinking here and guessing. And what's coming next? Well, we'll get to uh, our next call here, Caesar. And how are you doing tonight in Mississauga, Caesar? Hello? Hello? Hey, there you are. And what's your question for Lior? Okay, so I'm calling really it's on behalf of my wife. She's been working for a company for eight months now in an administrative role, and they have yet to give her an employment contract. What are the pros and cons of that, or how should we approach this? So it's very simple. There are no pros to signing an employment contract. Almost no pros, okay? It, it's it's really only cons. I would much rather, and I've said this on the show many, many times, uh, that individuals get hired on a handshake or on an email, okay? Much better. Why? Because an employment contract, often what it does is it either eliminates some of the rights that employees would otherwise have, or it takes those rights and gives them back to the employer. So if I'm talking to you or your wife as an employee, you're better off without it. That means she has full protection of the law. That's especially important if at some point down the road, Caesar, they let her go. It means that she's going to get her full severance. Also means that the company doesn't have the right to change her pay, to lay her off temporarily, to demote her. Whereas an employment contract can give the company that power. So uh, as, as crazy as this sounds, and I know it doesn't sound uh, right, she shouldn't ask for one. She shouldn't want one. She should be happy to continue working just as she is. I see. I see. So in other words, she shouldn't just keep her mouth shut and continue on. <laughs> continue on working as she has and, and have a hopefully a long, successful uh, career with that place. Yes. There we go. Some good advice there, Caesar. one uh, 821 if she you know, has any issues with that with her employer or help at employmenthour.com. So basically just shh, mention nothing. Say nothing, right? If you're the employee, you're better off not having a contract. Now, if we're going to put our other hat on, our employer hat on, ah, yes. you better uh, get an employee to sign the contract immediately. So depending on your perspective, it may be good or bad. And that, and that counts too. Like if you may, if you start working at a, at a place and five hours into the job, they ask you to sign it. Oh, hey, we forgot to get you to sign this when you were in uh, last week when we were talking about the job. They, they Again, they can't do that, right? You can say well, no. Well, you certainly can say no, but it goes beyond that. Arguably, if you sign a, an employment contract after you've already started working, arguably it's not enforceable uh, because you already have the job. You're not getting anything in return for signing. And that's especially important if there are negative terms in that employment agreement. Down the road, the company may not be able to enforce those negative uh-huh. terms because they had you sign that contract after you started working. So devil is always in the details. And the details here are very important. And uh, I will give you some details from our end. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Your call's our priority here. And we get to Jeffrey and Maple next. Jeffrey, what's your uh, question for Lior? I have a quick question about your caller two people back. Um, you had said that he could have gone with constructive dismissal if he wanted to get out of his uh, company. But yeah. my question is, does the company have the right to turn around and say, oh, we didn't realize uh, this was the law. So, yeah, we're going to give you your uh, we're going to give you your bonus this year. And then, in a, in a sense, he does have now a poison relationship with his employer because maybe they start reducing his bonus 
a little or, or, or other things, you know, do well, they have the right to come back and, and pay him and then just he's stuck in that relationship? Well, no, not really, because by then that, that ship has sailed. And what I mean is by then he would have already treated his employment as, con- as being constructively dismissed. He would have left, and then we would have pursued this as a constructive dismissal. So that they would have to pay the bonus, but they can't say, well, now that we've paid it, you have to come back to work. You know, they, they would have essentially terminated his employment, and they can't make him come back to work. So no, with a constructive dismissal, you know, the company can't kind of put the, the horse back in the barn once it's out, if you know what I mean. They appreciate the call, Jeffrey. So too little, too late, unfortunately, for the employer. Correct, which is why they have to do it the right way. And, you know, I, I do like that, that call that we got earlier with respect to, uh, to bonus mm. because a, a lot of people believe their bonus is discretionary. Some people even sign employment agreements that say hey, any bonus that we pay you is discretionary. But that actually doesn't matter because we always look at substance over form. So if you get a regular bonus every year, uh, you can count on it. Uh, it it's there. Uh, the, the company always pays it then it's not discretionary. It doesn't matter what you sign. It becomes a regular part of your compensation, which means two things. Number one is they can't just take it away, but it also means that if you are terminated, you get that bonus as part of your severance package. one 821 or help at employmenthour.com. Back to the phone lines we go, though. 416-870-6400. And Nancy and Brampton, what's your question for Lior? Uh, my husband is on long-term disability, and he recently returned on a gr- to work uh, on a gradual basis. Um, so he should be working half days, but his uh, employer is not accommodating him. So they're expecting him to work th- full days. I see. So they're saying you can either work full day or, or full days, or not work at all. Right. So he's a technician, and he oh before his injury, he had a work vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then when he was going back to work, the work vehicle wasn't, oper- it wasn't operating anymore because it was an old, and they never replaced his vehicle. So they had a coworker pick him up and drop him off, but then um, but they told him that, well, if you can only work half a day, then when you're tired, just fall asleep in the car or in the pickup. Okay. So does yeah. he have a right for to get a vehicle? Or do they have to accommodate him some way for him to get his own vehicle and pay for his gas? Excellent questions. Now, Nancy, how long uh, does he is he only going to be able to work up essentially part time? How long before he can go back to his normal uh, shifts? Well, he um, tried back in November, and then he had an assessment, a neurocognitive assessment. He had a ruptured brain aneurysm, and. Um, he was told that he was working too much and to cut back because he won't recover. So he's been off for almost a year now, and he's been working two or three months, three days a week, but full days, and he has to cut back. So he purchased his own vehicle so we can leave um, halfway through the day, but now they won't compensate gas or car allowance. Right, right, I understand. So uh, here's, here's how this works. A company has a very, very strict duty to provide accommodation. What I mean by that is uh, they have to do whatever is necessary, if it's required by a doctor, to ensure that the person can reintegrate back into the workplace. So that may mean modified duties, modified hours. That may mean many things. It's an only in very extreme situations where the company can say, 
oh gosh, that's too much. That's so hard to, to accommodate that we don't have to go that far. And to provide some modified hours is not considered to be that big a deal. They have to do it. They also are not allowed to change the terms of his employment. So if before that he had a vehicle, they either would have to keep his vehicle or at least arrange for other modes of transportation or provide him a car allowance that allows him maybe to get another vehicle. They can't just decide all of a sudden to change those terms of employment. Now, so that's the law. That's the simple part. The, the more interesting part is, well, what do we do about this? Well, the, the easiest way to resolve this, and I think this could resolve that way, is uh, for me to send them a letter very nicely reminding them of their legal obligations and saying, well, I'm assuming this was all a big misunderstanding, just a, a bit of a confusion on your part and that you will abide by your legal obligations. Usually that resolves it. Usually they'll say, okay, yes, yes, of course we'll accommodate. It was just a misunderstanding. If they won't do that, then he has an option to treat uh, this as a termination. He can treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave severance. He can also file a human rights complaint. There's a lot of entitlements that he has here and a lot of compensation that could be owed to him. So if he wants to be accommodated, if what his goal is to just get them to do what they're supposed to do, I can send them a quick note and that should resolve this. Great. Uh there we go, Nancy. There's your solution. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior or help at employmenthour.com on TV as well. Employment Hour in 30. Just go to employmenthourtv.ca. And if you've been denied long-term disability, discover your rights there. It's in your corner. Uh, both those programs are on Global TV, and it's in your corner.ca for that latter one. Let's go back to the phone lines, Lior. Of course, uh, calls are priority here at 416-870-6400. And Ashley in Toronto. What's your question for Lior? Hi there. Um, my boyfriend is a contracted employee. Uh, he's been working for the company for about a year and a half. Um, actually, over that, oh, probably about two years. Um, and he, for some reason, he hasn't been paid or offered any more work since the summertime. Now, there's about $6,000 in checks outstanding. Um, and my boyfriend's tried to contact this guy and say, hey, you know, like, uh, where's my money? You guys owe me money. Um, there's a project half completed. He doesn't know if he should continue working on it because he hasn't been paid. So what we're wondering is, um, you know, what should we take some legal action here since it's been since the summer? So since the summer, he hasn't worked? Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't worked, no, because he hasn't been paid. So, so there was money owed to him from even before then, and then yeah. since then, he, he's been, has he been assigned work? He just hasn't gone because he hasn't gotten paid, or they haven't even given him any work to do? No, they haven't. So uh, he works from home. My boyfriend's contracted. He works from home. He doesn't have to go into the office. Right. He does a lot of the marketing and graphic design. Um, so, yeah, he just works from home. But so... He did all of these projects, all of these websites, whatever, wasn't paid for it. And then he was halfway through a year-long project. And he basically said, until you pay me for right. the outstanding project, I'm not going to continue working on this. Now, However, when he was... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's still an expectation, though, that the project is getting done. But there's been no money given to him for any of the other projects, including this one. Sure. So, yeah, we're just wondering, like, what the heck do we do? Now, when he was working there, was he working essentially full-time hours? He was working, yeah, I would say probably probably like six hours a day, every day. And was the company withholding taxes off his pay? 
Um, yeah, no, uh, my boyfriend uh, takes the taxes off himself. Okay, I understand. Okay, so obviously they owe him the money. That 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 is the simplest thing I'm going to be able to say tonight uh, to anyone. That of course, if he's done the work, they have to pay him the money. And I'll talk to you in a second about how that can be resolved. Now, okay. the, the more interesting thing is the fact that they haven't paid him, the fact that they owe him money, does that give him other entitlements? Now, in my view, based on what you've described, he may be considered to be uh, potentially an employee, despite the fact that he's supposedly an independent contractor. If he worked for them regularly, six hours a day, doing projects that they gave him, then he's likely to be considered an employee. So that means that the failure to pay him is also a constructive dismissal. Uh, I was talking to some previous callers today about this idea of constructive dismissal. If you're not getting what you're owed, you, you can treat that failure to pay you as a termination. And you could get severance. So he could be owed potentially as much as three or four months pay over and above that, that $6,000 or whatever it is that they owe him. Uh, so so I would want to connect with you or, or ideally, to, ideally to connect with him off air. I want to get some more information about the job and his compensation, et cetera. And because potentially there's, there could be a lot at stake here, uh, Bianca. So have him call me as soon as possible. And the phone numbers to get a hold of Lior at would be a 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Uh, before I jump to the next call here, Lior, it's it's just interesting in this day and age with all the, the information out there online, uh, elsewhere, education. I mean, the stuff you do in the radio and the television uh, you know stations as well that people are still getting that employee versus independent contractor situation wrong. And some of them aren't doing it on purpose, but it's just it's amazing how people still can't get this one right. Yeah, it is it is very confusing to a lot of people. It's probably one of the top two or three issues that, that I come across as an employment lawyer is this misclassification of uh, employees as independent contractors and, and vice versa. So it's actually quite simple. If you have a regular job, you're an employee. It does not matter what you call yourself, how your taxes are paid, what document you signed. Okay, if you have a job, you're an employee. If you're, uh, if you don't have a job, you own a business and you have a bunch of customers that you're servicing and, and you're marketing your services, then you're an independent contractor. Uh, and, and that distinction is very important because if you are an employee or should be considered an employee, then you have all the rights of an employee. Minimum wage, vacation pay, overtime pay, statutory holiday, severance. So very important to get this right. Uh, and if you're not sure what you are, spoiler alert, it means you're an employee. Okay? Because someone that's truly an independent contractor knows there's no doubt in their mind. Uh, and again, happy to talk to anyone that wants to find out about their specific situation. And if you want to find out how much severance you may be owed, it's severancepaycalculator.com. That's your best friend. Uh, check it out now. And let's get back to the phone lines, Lior, 416-870-62400. We're taking your calls live here. They are the top priority, and we'll get back to the phone lines. Bianca, Toronto, what's your question for Lior? Hi. Uh, so I'm calling because I work for a company. I'm a rep. Um, so I'm on the road, and I get mileage, um, which includes, you know, for gas, wear and tear, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm wondering if there is a legal minimum. Uh, great question, and the answer is no. The, the law doesn't provide for a legal minimum in terms of mileage. Uh, some companies do, you know, fifty cents a kilometer. Other companies do more or less. Some companies don't do it at all. Uh, there's no legal requirement now. It, it, oftentimes, you may have an employment agreement that stipulates that, in which case the company has to abide by what's in the employment agreement. The other thing to to note is that if you if the company does provide a certain amount of mileage, they can't necessarily change that. 
then they can't come back later and say, now we want to pay less. Now we want to get rid of it. They can't do that. But in terms of how they're going to treat mileage to begin with, it's up to the employer and to the employee to agree the law doesn't provide any uh, specific obligations. Okay, great. Thank you. There Thank we you. go. Hey, Bianca, thanks for the call. one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com to get a hold of Lior. Uh, we are taking your calls here, 416-870-6400. Keep Lior busy uh, with your questions. As he always says, there are no bad questions here when it comes to your workplace rights. Uh, the more you know, the better. And Lior, we're going to d- discuss workplace harassment here in a moment. Uh, but before we jump uh, to another call, let- let's slip in an email here at help at employmenthour.com. Uh, it's from Fred, and it says, I was suspended without pay, and the company won't tell me when I can go back to work. Is there anything I can do? Well, very good question, because generally speaking, a suspension without pay is actually illegal. A company does not have a right to suspend someone without pay. It's a termination. So a suspension without pay generally, unless there's an employment agreement that gives the company the power to do that. Here's the employment agreement again, of course. But unless there's an employment agreement that gives that power, company does not have a right. So... So your rights are as follows. You can say you can accept that and, and continue working and or, or waiting for the company to call you back. Or potentially you can treat your employment as being terminated. So what I would do is I would follow up with the company and, and, and see where they're standing. Because if they say fine, come back tomorrow, it may be just be a moot point. But if you continue to be off on a, a unpaid suspension you, and, and it's indefinite or they're not giving you a date or they're not getting back to you, then you may just want to say enough is enough. I'm treating that as a termination. I am getting my severance and moving on. You absolutely can do that. All right. To the phone calls we go once more. Ray and Hamilton, what's your question for Lior tonight? Hey, Ray. Uh, basically, basically, for the last couple of years, our uh, company has uh, uh, given us our vacation pay uh, on the paycheck as they came every two two weeks. Uh, as of January 1st of this year, they have changed that and they've started putting our vacation entitlement uh, pay back into a bank. And they've said that uh, um, a vacation entitlement now is uh, based on January 1st to December 31st, whereas before it was at, uh, uh, by our higher date. Right. So asking for uh, uh, some vacation in April being told that uh, uh, not entitled to get paid, I can take vacation, but not entitled to get paid, even though I've got lo- lots of money in the employment bank, in the vacation Yeah, in the bank. vacation bank, yeah. So you may take vacation time, but you won't get, uh, you won't get paid. Until next year. Until next year. So, so here's the thing. The, the, the company is actually allowed to do that. In other words, you, you, you get paid the following year. But what they're not allowed to do is if, if they do something else, they can't change it. So if right from the beginning they were doing this, this would be legal. The problem is that they weren't doing this. They were doing something else. You were getting paid vacation pay on every check, and now they're changing that. The problem here is this, that even though this is obviously a change, it may not be a big enough change to result in a constructive dismissal. And because of that, there may not be something that can be done about it. Generally speaking, a company cannot make changes, but if it's not a big enough change, I don't think this one is, unfortunately, uh, Ray, then you may not be able to do something about it. It's not right. It's not fair. It would make me unhappy, but probably not much that can be done. 
Hey, thanks for the phone call there, Ray. one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Let's see if we can squeeze Charlie and Brampton in here. What's your question for Lior, Charlie? Hey, Lior, how are you, buddy? Good, thank you. So, Lior, uh, about 10 years ago, I joined a company as an executive, and I signed a, uh, a contract. And at the time of the signing of the contract, I noticed that they did not include any common law severance in their agreement. It was only the statutory severance. Right. I questioned it, and they said that they wouldn't sign the agreement. I needed a job at the time, so I, I signed the contract as is. A year after that, I, I was talking to the corporate legal counsel about the agreement, and she said that it wasn't a policy of the company, and she had that common law um, restrictions uh, basically eliminated from her contract. Uh, is there anything I could do to go back and, and, and get them to relook at that, or do I just uh, do I just accept it the way it is now in case that there that I do get uh, severed at any point? So here's what you do. First of all, I want to see the contract because in many cases, I'm going to say 75% of cases, even though the company tries to limit your severance, they don't do it successfully. They don't draft it properly. So let me look at it because it's quite possible that yours is not drafted properly, in which case, why are we even worrying about it? And that's number one. So let me see it. Second, if, if we determine that it does limit your entitlements, then yes, I think you can go to them and discuss it and I can give you some thoughts and tips and as to how to do that. But let's start by you sending me a copy of that contract, Charlie. Let me review it and we'll get on the phone and discuss it. There we go, Charlie. You know what to do. Lior's giving you the direction to go in. one 821 5900 Give him a shout there or you can email him help at employmenthour.com. As always, Lior, the show, we always have things lined up to talk about and we never get a chance to get to them, do we? <laughs> Oh, that's okay. There's always the next show. <laughs> that's true. And we will be back at it this Wednesday, the Employment Hour. Uh, of course, as always, one 821 5900 If you have questions about your severance, how much you are owed if you are terminated, severancepaycalculator.com. And catch the TV show, Educate Yourself, every weekend, Employment Hour and 30. Go to employmenthourtv.ca. And for your long-term disability rights, inyourcorner.ca. That's all on CTV and Global TV. That's it for Employment. Employment lawyer Lee Sam Fewer tonight.